Hey, hey, what's going on? Yo, GM. Yo, good morning, Chad. How, uh, your, how was your space yesterday? It was fun. Yeah, it was a good one, I think. Uh, seemed like a lot of people liked it. Um, Chad B popped in, talked about the order books a little bit, which that uh, was a bit of a spark to of excitement. So that was cool. Oh, yeah, that, that order book idea is really cool. It gave me an idea for a really cool uh, another feature like, uh, you know, like TWAP buying or something like that. Like basically... You could use that same type of mechanic and do some kind of like uh, like TWAP buy mm. or something using a, a, like a similar logic. Something like that would be, would be really cool on uh, on ThorChain. Right, like just base it off of some kind of calculation rather than just setting a price exactly. Yeah, you just send in like a, an end block and you send in a certain amount of coins and you specify the swap and then the amount of buys for it to do over that amount of time. And it could just average, basically just like, you know, say there's N buys, it does, uh, it just equally averages out that many buys and, uh, you know, you, you just average in automatically. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. Yeah, I mean, people, it, it kind of, like even if somebody's using Coinbase or something, they might set up like daily, weekly buys or whatever. So that's a another good like feature to have on chain. Yeah, I would definitely use that, especially if that means you only have to pay, uh, like if you're doing it with stable coin, like if you're doing it with like, USDC, uh, you know, you could, that would just convert it. It would be a synth, right? If you're uh, doing yeah. it with the same logic as the order book feature. So you'd also just get rid of all those, uh, all those fees too. Yeah. That, that'd be sick. There's so many, there's so many cool things. I was getting ahead of myself a little and wondering if it would be possible with the aggregator. We were talking about that a little bit. Um, sounds like uh, the swap, um, out, would be tricky if I recall. Um, maybe I'm thinking backwards. I'm still kind of getting it together here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, I, I don't see how it could work with a, a yeah. you know, with a with a swap in. You mean because you'd need right. to start okay. from an asset that that starts with that that is on Thorchain. If you start with an asset yes. that's on Thorchain, you can just swap out of it afterwards. But if you want to, you know, start with random ERC twenty token, it, it really yeah, there'd be no way to to custody that unless you do it in a compatible asset. Yeah, I'd have to. Yeah, you'd have to. Uh, Mogarki was saying it'd have to be like its own chain, or uh, I mean, I guess at the very least, some kind of smart contract on that chain that like buys on Uniswap or whatever at a specified price, um, and then like automatically sends it into Thorchain at that time. I don't know. It sounds complicated, but like it does get your mind going just because that would be crazy. I mean, it, imagine how sick that would be. But we might get ninety percent of that. There's some people waiting to come up, but let's just. While we're waiting for Chad Barford, we'll just uh, see what everyone has to say here. Let's do it. Yo, got Green Socrates and Wilfred. So I've got hey, either either. All right. <laughs> just wanted to hit the request button just for fun. All right. Sounds good. Maybe technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we can go into, we start going into some things before uh, Chad gets here. Um, first off, I saw that uh, Thor Yield just updated to the V2 app today. So. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, the redesign looks looks really cool. And hopefully, like a lot of people, I know a lot of people use Thor Yield to track their LP position. So hopefully the new update is, you know, really informative and, uh, you know, easy to use and just makes it easier for people to track their LP position. So I don't, I don't know if uh, you have any info about the uh, Thor Yield V2. Yeah, it's uh, live on iOS Store and uh, Android. So yeah, it's t- full redesign, um, much more user friendly, just a lot cleaner look. Um, shout out to the bull from, from ThorSwap uh, for leading a lot of that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great. You can you can set up different um, you can set up different LP accounts as well. So if you want to like track different strategies under different sort of like tabs for your for your accounts, that's really cool. 
Um, you can track you can track Thor staking accounts in there, um, and you can also just do portfolio tracking. So you can just like add ETH addresses, BTC addresses, and so on, and just like track balances, even of to- even of ERC twenty tokens, things like that. So you kind of use it as a portfolio tracker and LP um, tracker. So the goal is to kind of have it just be like the place you can check your overall positions, but. I feel like the new design is a lot more addictive. So I know I'm going to be uh, checking probably way too much. <laughs> but yeah, people should definitely check it out. I think it's a, I think it's a really solid resource and a really, uh, really big Im- improvement. It's got like, it's got um, kind of like a learn section as well. So all of like the, all the new guides for any new features and tutorials and stuff like that are, are right in the app as well. Um, you can't like manage, uh, you know, positions and things like that from, from this app. It's, it's just for viewing, but great great resource to just kind of be like checking on everything on the go. Oh yeah. I saw the, the new uh, learn tab in the medium article. That's actually a great idea because that's probably the number one barrier that stops people from, you know, really understanding a lot about, about Thorchain and the, the whole protocol itself. So I, I think that the learn, like, you know, education is like the, you know, kind of like the base level of all this and, you know, people need to have confidence and understand what they're doing when they deposit into an LP. So I think something like that, it's a great idea. hundred percent. Yeah. That's, that's kind of been my main role with ThorSwap is like making all the video guides every time new features are coming out and going over old stuff. But now like, yeah, all of those are just going to be like right, right there in the app. So should be a good resource to just kind of like keep people up to date on anything new that's coming out and, and how to do it. So morning, Chad. Morning, Chad. Sorry guys, a little bit late on this. I got, uh, I was writing this like monster tweet thread and I just lost track of time. And all of a sudden I looked up and it was like, Full ten. Oh, it's all right. It's the, order, thread. it's the order book thread you were you were teasing yesterday, huh? Yeah, I'll, I'll share. I'll pin to the thing if you want to read it. They can read it, but uh, uh, I think it's gonna be awesome. I think order books are, you can kick ass for sure. Yeah, I would love to just just hear it from from you um, on the space. Maybe after we go through a couple of the other updates, uh, you can dive into this a bit. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Sweet. So speaking of Thor Yield, uh, there was some huge liquidity ads last night. I don't know if you guys saw that like twelve hours ago. Yeah, I did. I was that was pretty exciting. I mean, I, I saw it start off with the with the big Adam liquidity ad. Some somebody added, uh, I believe it was worth one point two million dollars. The whole position that was like, I forget the exact numbers, but that was pretty great to see. And then there were also some huge ETH and BTC ads, um, like within the same few couple hours or so, I, I believe. So that was really awesome to see. Yeah, it was like 400k rune and matching amount of of atom. And now it looks like the the pool depth is uh, well over a million. So uh, you know, there, there's sufficient liquidity to do you know mid sized swaps on atom pool already. Yeah, one point five million. It's only been live for like two days. <laughs> Less than that, a little more than like you know 36 hours since the atom pool was officially launched with, with no seeded liquidity, by the way. So it is all organic liquidity coming in from you know, just regular LPs. Yeah, one of the things I was hoping to see happen is that uh, in the earlier days, like in the beta, the the treasury would kind of kickstart things with liquidity and, and put in like, you know, between one and $2 million typically just to kind of get things going, roll, get the dice rolling. But um, as we get, go up to mainnet and we're, we kind of head down the path of centralization, we want the, you know, the individuals at the treasury to kind of like step back and let the community take over. And so like, I'm just hoping that as time goes on, like, you know, the Adam community, you know, and whatnot, it just starts kind of dumping more and more Adam into the, into the pool and, and making that pool deeper, and, which is just great for their, their project and their ecosystem as well. It's great for, for chain as well. Yeah. It's definitely exciting to see it happen organically, uh, just cause it's, it's, it's the real deal. So 
that's that's really cool and looks like looks like there's some volume too i'm i'm seeing 92k for 24 hour period so probably a good a little bit higher than that i guess since since the real launch but i'm sure we'll see that continue to pick up now that the now that the liquidity is there now it's more usable um so then swap volume is going to pick up which is going to attract more liquidity hopefully so yeah it's really cool to see it just like off to the races fully organically this time i guess this is kind of the first full like new chain being added just truly organically right yeah pretty much um and and the nine realms team is like you know behind the scenes they're they're kind of like talking to like influencers in that space um and like different people they're trying to like um garner support and garner knowledge and awareness and so that when we actually do launch a chain, like there's, we're launching it to a, a warm community in a sense, and that they're ready to go and, and start adding liquidity, which we just we just saw. You know, I, I actually have no idea who that person was. I I don't have a clue, and I'm not, and it makes me excited that I don't know who it is. <laughs> and so, like, we're just, I think we're going to hopefully see more of that, you know, into the, into the future. And it's not just huge ads on Adam too. There's been huge ads in the in the ETH pools and the USDC pools. I've been seeing uh, whale alerts go off, like. Pretty much every day for liquidity ads on this. Is that a bottom signal? You think? Like, you think people are like, you know, it's a signal that the the bottom's in or whatever? That's kind of how I was feeling. I mean, if, if some of these big whales are getting more comfortable coming coming in, like that's a seems like a pretty healthy sign, right? I remember I saw definitely there was like a thirty two BTC and whatever the equivalent rune was uh, was a pretty juicy one too. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean. Obviously, like the last few days have felt a bit bullish, but don't want to get <laughs> too ahead of ourselves, maybe. But um, yeah, it definitely means that people want price exposure to to ruin, and they want they want to have a you know a, a long position, and it's they, they, a great way to have a long position on ruin is to just deposit into a liquidity pool because you've a capped uh, a capped downside with impermanent loss protection, right? And uh, it's basically like a free leveraged uh, rune call. You know, so like I could definitely see that as, uh, you know, I mean, who knows what a what a bottom signal you don't you know what a bottom signal actually is until until it's gone and passed. But um, right, because you never know, you know what's going to happen in the macro as well. Like you know, yeah. the world economy just take a take a shit tomorrow, and you know, it's called it's going to affect everybody here as well, like in the crypto space. So you never know what's going to happen. I I never try to time markets personally because I have no idea when things are going to go up or down, whatever. But um, yeah, it's pretty interesting though. I wonder if it's like part of it is just that, um, you know, this whole bear market kind of kicked off, you know, a month ago or maybe two months ago, however you all wanted to find it. And like, and oftentimes bear markets are like hard on projects for obvious reasons. Like the coin goes down, the morale goes down, you know, people get disheartened and sometimes like teams break apart or entire pro- protocols just collapse upon themselves because they're just not structured, like designed well. And then on the floor chain side, if you think about it, like, you know, yeah, okay, the price went down just like everything else in the world, but like structurally or fundamentally, we're still very strong as a project. And then on top of that, you know, we've been talking about, you know, major new features coming out, not just like kind of fun stuff on the side, but like major new chains coming out, depth aggregation, single yield asset, uh, order books, like, like these are huge innovations and huge advancements and not just in the Thor chain, but just like in, like huge advances in the, the general DeFi space. And so like maybe that's giving some people and maybe these whales are kind of getting that sense of like that we're, we're continuing to innovate and push forward 
even though it's a bear market and a lot of other projects are kind of falling by the wayside, DoorChain is still like, you know, pushing the envelope. There's still so much left to be built, you know, like (laughs) there's really been like, uh, there's there's so so big of a backlog on like features for for DoorChain that it's just like, it's it's nonstop, uh, you know, just getting, getting features and, uh, you know, new things out there all the time. And there's so many teams that are doing it too. Obviously not just the, just the core team, all the all the other projects, like uh, all the exchanges and the wallets, and uh, you know Nine Realms, like everybody is just uh, you know grinding super hard, and it's 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 never uh, uh, looked better in the the, the long term like development phase of the uh, of the project. Yeah, I mean we're in like such a great bubble because I mean crypto Twitter has been like decimated, <laughs> and like just like the other other spaces and just like a lot of other stuff and it's been, it's been so like, it's been so exciting just like seeing ThorChain and all these spaces, like and all the features and just everything rolling along, like if anything faster than when things were bullish. So, you know, it's like, it's just setting everything up for absolute chaos in the best way possible when, when general macro stuff kind of smooths out. Yeah. And the other thing that, uh, you know, we've been grinding on is AVAX. AVAX is now on StageNet. So, uh, that, that means probably just, uh, you know, a month or so of testing. I think people get, people kind of have an idea for how long something needs to, to have a bake in, in StageNet to be released to mainnet now that we've had, uh, you know, we, we've had a Doge and, and, uh, Luna and also, uh, Adam bake in StageNet before being released to mainnet. So people have kind of have an idea of like how long that process takes, maybe about a month or so. So. Uh, we're gonna see Adam real soon. It's it's already on StageNet. You know, things just got to be tested and, and hardened, and uh, we'll be seeing Adam, which is which will be released with a awesome aggregator with uh, with Pangolin, which we're super excited about. Yeah, you mean AVEX? Yep, yep, AVEX. Yeah, I'm probably gonna play around on on StageNet and just do do a few swaps um, just for fun, just to see it live. It's always fun to test out the the new chain. Um, one thing I'm curious about uh, with AVAX on stage and just kind of like the battle testing is like uh, in the past we've had like Thor games, things like that. Like is, is that sort of stuff necessary in this case or like how, I mean, of course I, 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 I don't understand the technical level, but it's like similar to ETH of course. So like, is there kind of like a lot of risk to be really tested or is it more, is this like a pretty safe and straightforward uh integration would you, would you think well because it's, it's a fork of the ethereum code it's already had lots of time to kind of bake right and 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 main that for you know over a year now so it's pretty well baked already like the code base itself for the chain integration um so i feel pretty good about it but that being said that doesn't mean that there's no you know bugs or blah blah, blah whatever either right so um there are there could be you know small changes or small uh, differences between you know this chain and this the fork of that chain. Um, in AVAX case, I think it's a pretty straight up clone, to my knowledge. Um, but I'm not the one working on that integration, so I'm not quite sure. But like, I, I mean, I feel pretty good about it, pretty confident about it. But at the same time, you can never you never know. So like, there could always be issues or bugs. You just do the best you can. But I'm, I'm not sure if Nine Realms going to be running one of those like Thor games on on this particular chain integration because the Adam one we've already done from the Terror integration and it had it audited and all that kind of stuff. And same thing with the Avax one as a fork of Ethereum, which has also been audited by several teams and been running in production for you know a year and three months or four months, whatever it's been. And so like it's it's should get a, a reasonable confidence in, in that sense. Sweet. 
yeah, Cal, um, I, I assume, I, I assume nothing needed from the nine realm side that, that you've seen. No, I mean, our, all the guys are just working, uh, testing it. And I mean, it was just released like, you know, two days ago to stage net, but the first, uh, the first successful spot was already made, uh, BNB to, uh, native AVAX. So the first ever decentralized spot between BNB, native BNB and native AVAX. So there you go. And, uh, I, and, uh, Aerodonis has also given, given us a demo of the, aggregator uh function which is just it, it really is mind-blowing like he, he did a uh he did he did a swap uh like a simulated swap from uh like a native asset like like bitcoin i believe uh and swapped it to uh you know an asset on avax chain which was th- th- that was really mind-blowing he has already, they already got that working so like that'll be shipped out with the the launch itself and uh yeah it's it's really cool because there's a there's a lot of enthusiasm for Thorchain in the AVAX ecosystem. Like a lot of these a lot of these dexes are uh, pretty excited to get integrated into with all, like all this native liquidity that we have. So uh, that's that's why it's that's why like we're really hyped about it. Cause we think this is going to be really big for the ecosystem as a whole because it's gonna it just brings in a whole swath of new people, new you know new connections, new integrations. Uh, it's going to be really good for the Thorchads and the Avalanche people. Is is there a name for people who love Avalanche? Good question. Um, I don't know. Maybe somebody in here can tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about that, but uh, I, I don't think I've heard one, actually. So, uh, yeah, so it, it's going to be a really great bridging of uh, of their great Texas, like like Pangolin, who we're, who, uh, we're partnering with for this uh, initial... Um, you know, a, uh, aggregator on Avalanche, and yeah, it's gonna be freaking awesome. Yeah, coming out the gate with the with the aggregator for a new chain. I mean that that should definitely like make a big splash. So that's really cool. Yeah, if you add AVAX like a, a aggregator on Thor chain, like the number of assets just increased by some percentage, like some large percentage, because there's a bunch of different assets there as well. So like, just the more assets that are readily available through the Thor chain network and it's expanded you know dex integrations like becomes really huge really fast sweet so uh chad do you want to like i kind of want to hear about this order book feature a little bit i like i didn't have time to read the thread obviously so do do you want to talk about the thread a little bit in here yeah sure so um we've been thinking about order books for a while because we've always liked the idea of it um but we're concerned about the implementation right how to make it a, a practical implementation and so um, there was an implementation that actually was built and, and coded months and months ago, like eight months ago or something like this, nine months ago. And it, has, it was scrapped because the way that it functioned wasn't performant enough for the chain. Like it would have, it may have caused an issue and caused the blocks to slow down. You know, once there was like a, a few thousand orders waiting in the order book or something like this. And so we did some analysis on that. We just didn't feel like it was like performed enough to 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 put on chain. And so it was just kind of was scrapped and tossed aside and then maybe re, re, come back to another time or whatever. But also the, the challenging factor with it was, uh, was like synthetics, right? Because like, because Thorchain is unique relative to any other decks in the ecosystem, or at least the vast majority of them, almost all of them, um, it has to maintain economic security of the external assets, right? If it's a, if you were just like sushi or a uni or something like this, like you don't have to worry about economic security. It just, everything's just kind of built for you in that sense. And you can just have an unlimited supply of 
TBL. Like it just, there's no cap to it. But in Fortune's case, we have to have a cap to ensure that the economic security is there because all the assets are, are safe and secure and won't be, you know, cyber attack or civil attack. And so um, we can do that. Uh, and we have to add the BDC into like a pool, right? It can't just sit, the network just can't hold BDC off to the side in some other place and then just like hold it because that would naturally lose economic security with time. And so we, we, we couldn't do that. And so then that's what since came into play, this idea of since. But the problem with since was that the more since there are on the network, it can cause, it causes a, like a leverage room position for the LPs. And if, if you get like, you know, crazy amounts of sense uh, relative to the pool depth, then you can get to pretty high leverage, which maybe that's, you know, not appetizing, not the, you know, tasty for, you know, LPs in a sense. And so we were kind of scrapped that idea as well, because we didn't want it to be, um, to, to cause a risk on LPs, so, because LPs are obviously a first-class citizen. And so we scrapped it for that reason as well, right? Fast forward a bunch of months, um, and now we are talking about this new, uh, single-sided um, asset yield concept that we've been talking about for a little while. And the innovation there, or one of the innovations there rather, is that the network can take more uh, sense without over-leveraging LPs, right? They can maintain the, the, the same exposure they have now, and we can mint a bunch more sense, and then the protocol steps in and, and it becomes more or less like a counterbalance of that risk and the, the, the protocol itself, the reserve takes that risk on to kind of support the LPs and support the network and support the, the, the depth of the pools to get much, much, much deeper, right? So it, the, the protocol reserve becomes an LP itself. Now with that idea, now you can have a bunch more sense. Well, that's good news, right? That kind of solves that first, that, that problem I was referring to in terms of order books. So then once we solve that problem, like, well, now we just got to figure out a way to store the order books on chain and make them um, very efficient in terms of disk space because uh, blockchains grow very, very hard, very fast. Uh, and then also make sure that they're computationally efficient because in many respects, a blockchain uh, is like a Casio watch in some sense. Like it's very computationally, like um, not very powerful, like blockchains in general this way, almost all of them are. Um, even things like Solana are still computationally that are kind of well known for fast transactions, whatever, but are still computationally very weak relative to like the computational power of like computers today in a sense, right? So you have to make sure that it's computationally efficient so that even if you had, you know, a hundred thousand orders or some number of 200,000 or a million orders, whatever, that, that the, the network computationally does not um, get drowned and that all that computational requirement, right? And so we finally came up with a solution to that problem as well. How do we make it computationally efficient, right? And so that it, the network can have an unlimited, more or less, quantity of orders and does not, you know, it's not, the amount of computational power needed is, is detached or decoupled from the, the number of orders on the, on the network, which is exactly the kind of behavior we want. So that was the other innovation we had. And we, once we had that, like, well, now order books become completely practical. But what makes them so, uh, awesome for the network and for the general, like this general space of crypto, is that this is the first time. Like we don't see order books in general in DeFi. Like, it's very rare. Seen, like DYDX is one example, Serum is another example. But like you just don't see them very much, and that's for a handful of reasons. But one of those reasons is just because you don't have the much computational power to do order books in general. That's why you don't see order books really on Ethereum all that much. And if you do, there's only not that much volume and and that kind of stuff. But for us, because we're our own app-specific chain, we, we have a lot more computational power than Ethereum does. So we can do things that 
the other ones cannot, which is really nice. But because the network is now using synths as the assets that are being stored on chain to ex execute these orders, um, you can theoretically, you can still do layer one trades where you send in layer one BDC and you say you want to, you know, I'm sending in one BDC and I want to get out X amount of ETH on the other side. And the network just stores that BDC as a synthetic BDC while the order is being waited to execute. So there's a swap that, that, that occurs initially just to kind of acquire the synth, like the network kind of holds the synth on their behalf while they're waiting for the exit to execute the order. And then once the BDC chain price changes or these price changes where the, the minimum requirement of ETH on the other side is, is now available because the pool price has changed, then the order is swapped from synthetic BDC to real uh, layer one ETH to their OX address, right? And so you're actually generating twice the amount of yield uh, for LPs because of this, because you're swapping to a synth and then you're holding it on chain for some period of time. And then it's swapping from a synth back to our layer one. If someone's going synth to synth, it's, it's, it's much more efficient in terms of like pricing. But if you're doing layer one to layer one, which should be more expensive because you're, you're, you're putting a lot more pressure on the network to handle layer one transactions versus something internally to ThorChain, that's a lot more expensive, which it should, but you're paying the network for it. You're paying the LPs, you're paying the node operators, they're getting effectively twice the amount of yield from these order book operations. If you're an Arbot or a market maker and you want to be more efficient about it and just use synth to synth right back and forth and have at it, and you still, the pool is still getting the yield of the trading, but just not double the yield, right? Which is really great. And so because everything is a synth on top of that, the value of your order while it's being waited to be executed on, it's just liquidity added to the pool, right? So the pools are naturally just getting deep. Right, the liquidity of the network is naturally getting deeper as part of this process. Right, and because you're providing liquidity into the pool, and you're not getting a yield on that because you're just holding a regular synth by itself, any yield that that liquidity that you put into the pool as part of your order is now generating a yield. But the yield doesn't go to you as a trader. The yield goes to the LPs. So while you're sitting there for six months waiting for the Bitcoin price to drop to to buy that you know ten thousand dollars or whatever the amount was, or like you know you're trying to do that six month period, that capital is generating yield and just being effectively donated to the LPs and to the node operators effectively, right? Which is really great. So now you have an increased amount of liquidity and increase the pool depth, increased yield for the LPs in many, many uh, facets. And then you also have an increased trade volume because now people have another, another method to trade because the network is now much more flexible, much more powerful as a tool. And so now you can be, migrate from just doing spot trading or market orders to now doing limit orders and market makers and institutions and like an entire new classes of like types of people now can utilize ThorChain and inherently get that layer one transactions from one chain to another in a completely decentralized way uh, to access to more people. So the amount of trade volume in the network should naturally increase as well as part of the release of this feature, just logically speaking, that's true. And so like, it's to me, it's like a win, 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 just because we are just generating more yield for LPs, more yield for nodes, deeper pools, more liquidity, more trade volume. All of that just naturally comes as part of uh, having these order books. Crazy to think about. Man, that's incredible. It's it's just it's always consistently mind boggling how like, oh, a new feature is being discussed. And it's like, oh, yeah, the feature sounds really important. But then you guys manage to find a way to just make it win, 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 win. It's like, oh, not only are we getting order books that, you know, allow for so much more volume, because that's why people, I mean, I would imagine that's why most large traders still use centralized exchanges, 
is so they can just place those orders. So, okay, we're getting that. But not only are we getting that, it's like in a way that deepens the liquidity pools potentially massively, which like obviously is great for Rune, obviously is great for better better swaps um, because of less slippage, um, generates more yield for the existing LPs. I mean, this is this is crazy. It's like a, just such a, once again, just another like crazy flywheel designed into Thorchain. So that, that design sounds pretty mind boggling. And you have to think about the idea of like, we've never seen this before of, a, of an order book that is actually a multi-chain order book. Order book. We've seen wrapped assets be thrown into order books, which is obviously everybody here knows why that's that's a problematic concept. But like we're seeing for the first time multi-chain order book with real layer one assets. And I can only imagine that that's like an in-demand system, the, the protocol that the world would want to see. Like CFI dominates the fuck out of order books today, largely because they have the performance required because they're centralized to be able to do what they're trying to do, and they can do cross-chain transactions right or, or multi-chain transactions like across multiple blockchains here like we're now supplying that for the first time for the entire industry and i'm i'm just guessing here i'm just being uh, making a rational guess but like that's something that's like hotly in demand and something that people would really respond to you know people who are market makers who want to to you know um trade and that kind of stuff set up like limit orders and whatever else that's awesome that's incredible so something like this uh would be slated after single-sided yield correct i believe you mentioned that um before yes so single-sided yield has to land first because that's what allows us to scale the number of synthetics like in the pools right and on the network and so we could do it first and that would be fine and but it would just create um more sense in the pools which would hit the cap which was you know i don't think we probably want to do it in that order just no reason to so we'll probably land the single sided yield first which in its own right is like a massive feature that changes everything and then once that lands we can follow it with the uh, order book stuff which will just once again another massive feature just that just changes the game yeah these are both like yeah basically thorify level excitement <laughs> coming back this is huge yeah and thorify still exists too by the way so it's like <laughs> that, that still may happen as well so we just have these i mean it's almost mind-boggling i think about these i mean declarations like gargantuan it's like a huge game changer creating like easy to access all assets of crypto is just like something we've never had in the industry in a decentralized way. When so like that's just by itself is massive. The single yield massive order books. I think that's just going to be also super massive. Like, I don't know, Thorify. Like we have so many things planned that are just too exciting that um, it just makes me super excited and just want to like get into the code and start like ripping shit out. Yeah. And if, if it always feels like to me, like Thorchain is just kind of like going down the list of these like massive, um, successful centralized products and just kind of like checking off the list of like, yep, we can do that decentralized and better. And then, Oh, the next thing like, uh, Oh, trading. Yeah, we can do that. Oh, potentially lending. Yep. We can do that. Order books. Yep. We can potentially do that. Single-sided yield. It's like all of these things that have been the most kind of successful products in crypto that have ended up being, being centralized. It feels like, it feels like Thorchain is just going down the list, knocking them out, which is insane. I had a funny conversation with somebody. I, I won't say who, cause I probably shouldn't, but, Let's just say this person works for a well-known C5 platform that uh, is not doing so well right now. We'll just say put it that way. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was telling him about, I was like, hey, you guys heard about like Thorify? 
I was like, oh no, what's that about? And I kind of like gave him the, the rundown of like what DoorFi is and what it can do in like single asset yield, interest accounts and lending and all these things. And then he, his face went like a bit white. And he said to me, he, he actually, this is what he actually, like verbatim what he actually said. He's like, oh, so you're doing what we do, just decentralized. <laughs> and, he, and he thought, exactly. man, they're going to put us out of business. <laughs> that's like you could see like the kind of like his face just got like oh my gosh like you could see it in his face that he was just like concerned in that moment <laughs> like, like i almost like had to hold in the laughter like, internally like i just had to like like i could see in his face that he was like oh my gosh but like now we're doing the order book thing too it's just like it's another big component of centralized finances order books and 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 um uh, uh lending and like interest accounts and these things like that is largely, for the most part, dominated by the CFI space. And I think we have the opportunity. We're, we are positioned better than any other project in the space by a good margin to be able to decentralize those services in a trustworthy and, and transparent and fully open standards. So, Chad, before you uh, hopped on, uh, me and Chad Thoreau were discussing something and an idea that I had for this uh, order book feature um to include is like it feels like it's part of the same framework right would be uh like twop buys basically um like averaging in to a position using like the same like a similar logic to this order book where it would split up uh you know you'd specify like an end end block height and end time and the amount of buys that it would do and it could just you know take your position and average into uh average in buys basically using a similar logic to this order book feature. And I feel like something, something like that just complements this order book feature really well. Yeah. You're saying the idea of like, I'll put in one BDC, whatever, and I want to slowly kind of like almost like DCA or dollar cost average my way into, you know, either a stable or ETH or, or like whatever other asset or anything yeah, or anything, or starting with, you know, maybe a stable coin and say, Oh, I just want to dollar cost my, dollar cross buy into Bitcoin, into Ethereum, into Rune or like whatever over time. And then that work just executes on that. Um, yep. Yeah. That's the reason why we couldn't build that. I think it'd be cool. Well, once again, that's like kind of another big centralized exchange feature right now, right? Like a lot of people use like set up like weekly or daily or monthly or whatever buys within Coinbase or whatever they're using. So that'd be kind of interesting. You just like set aside a bunch of USDC or something and uh, buy, you know, X number of USDC worth of Rune or BTC or whatever every day or week. Um, could be cool. Yeah, that could work. Totally work. Cool. Should we uh, open up to some audience questions? Yeah, yeah sure. Anyone wants cool. to come up, just hit the button in the bottom left to request to come up and uh, we'll let you ask a question about anything. It could be about order books, uh, single-sided yield feature, uh, Atom launch, AVAX launch. Uh, AVAX is now on StageNet and... Uh, Really, anything else? I'll tell a I'll tell a, a funny story while we're, while we're waiting for somebody to raise their hand. In uh, um, here, Dennis knows what I'm talking about, so I won't say who said this. But uh, we were talking to a, a Dex at some point in the past, and uh, trying to tell them about Thorchain and why declaration matters, blah blah blah, and being able to trade Bitcoin on their Dex, blah blah blah, and all these things. And they had the most like silliest perspective, like it was. Uh, it was comical to me just because like there was another Dex that's a competitor to them on the same um, ecosystem, and they're like the only reason why people use that Dex is because they're too um, stubborn to use our Dex, <laughs> which just made me laugh just because it's such a, like a almost like a really cocky thing to say, 
And then they also said, like, we're not sure if we want to do uh, integrate with Bitcoin and all these other things, because it's like when you go to a restaurant and there's like a foreign cuisine, like you never buy the foreign cuisine. because It's not going to be as good. You like the local thing. And I was just like, that's one of the dumbest analogies I've ever heard. <laughs> that does not make any sense in the context of this conversation. because We are still just giving people access to the same things they would get in the foreign cuisine if you were in those foreign countries <laughs> like it was one of the most ridiculous conversations i've had in a while I and mean, then it's like it, to me sometimes it feels like when i'm talking to some some of these decks some of them get that get it and they're just like they're totally down and everything just goes very smoothly and sometimes they don't and when they don't it just feels like like that thor chain is so ahead of the curve of like what's happening in DeFi that like people haven't even really recognized the, the direction of the market the direction of DeFi and just like they're just sitting in a world where there's like very narrowly scoped and narrowly viewed they don't understand the larger market that actually reminds me when uh when we were in austin at the uh the multi-chain expo uh <laughs> there was there were some people there that were from some well we'll just call them competitors of thorchain they were like uh you know, they, they, I was talking with them and they were saying like, oh, like, I was like, oh, like, you know, what, what are you doing? I said, oh, um, you know, we're like, you know, your competitors or whatever. So I, I like looked up their, their service and it's all just, it, it's like some, it's just, just another, like one of 10,000 EVM bridges that, <laughs> that anyone could use to just swap across EVM chains, like of which like none of these are really particularly that special and i was just like oh they like and like, there's there's so many people that just don't understand yet yeah like almost every like quote c- cross-chain project it's like oh we connected a few evms that have already been connected by a bunch of other people <laughs> no offense to those projects but it's, it is funny sometimes i get into it occasionally on twitter like people will just be like Oh, I mean, like, you know, th- there's not any activity on Bitcoin, like, you know, everything's happening on these, um, on these other like new alternative L1s. And like, I'm not sure it's like, it matters to connect to Bitcoin. Um, cause nobody, nobody's doing that. And it's like, well, nobody's, nobody's doing it because you can't do it <laughs> outside of Thorchain right now. But like, that is of course the most important thing. Yeah, I remember, the, I remember the talking to that guy on Twitter, and uh, he was just like, maybe one day we'll connect to Bitcoin, but it's like low priority. I just like low priority. <laughs> They're like the biggest, most important asset in the entire space, and you're just like, no, it doesn't matter. And I'm just like, dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. All right, we got uh, Arno up here. What's up? Hey guys, uh, good morning. Uh, as always, great job on everything. I love the. Um, uh, the new features. I do want to talk about something uh, that hasn't been discussed today. Um, and I have thrown around uh, like a few months before, but I think we may be sleeping on something here. Um, Thorchain has this amazing capability to swap layer one tokens for one another. And I think uh, in the crypto space right now, we could use some sort of a backend plugin developed by Thorchain devs to allow merchants, say, say OpenSea or whatever, pick a merchant to be like, hey, you want to pay with whatever crypto, use your, let's say, Doge, but we want to receive Bitcoin. Um, right now, that's clunky. You have to transfer, you have to swap, you have to do it on your own. But I think having a plugin or developing one that uh, merchants can incorporate into their code that will allow the, any user to pay with whatever currency they want and the merchant will receive whatever currency they want. Um, I think that would be a huge catalyst 
to Thorchain. I think um, we've been we may be sleeping on it. I also think that merchants won't develop that themselves. I think it it should be down to Thorchain developers to uh, create a toolkit like that. Um, do you guys see potential? I mean, I clearly see the potential, but it has to be a shared vision, obviously. So if you guys see potential, would you uh, be interested in doing that? And then like, are we talking like what kind of a timeline would you consider uh, even be like maybe in the year or so? Like, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so the, the network itself fundamentally already supports the concept of what it, you're talking about. But if something, if somebody wanted to have that, what my recommendation is that Somebody in the Fortune community just build a new project called Fortune, you know, pay payments or or whatever the name is you want to call it, and so it just becomes another project on top of the Fortune ecosystem that's just building and that's solving a different problem, which is like in your case payments, right? And so uh, that's totally possible. Uh, I mean, the network already supports like the, the general idea of it. So if you get the idea, like build a team, you know, get some get get some funding and start building out this idea. Yeah, it also does have a a lot in common, I think, with the ThorSwap Pathfinder API coming of up. Of course, I was rugging heavy, so I couldn't hear most of that answer, and the space isn't recorded, which makes me sad. But uh, I'll hang in and try to. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. Oh shit. Hey, uh, it, it's recorded, Arno. Like you'll be you'll be able to come back and listen to the recording later. Yeah, TLDR: someone someone can build someone can build this easily. Awesome, awesome. I think that would be amazing. It looks like the space might not be recorded the normal way this time. I'm not sure if maybe uh, you missed so it. So they, they changed the way. Oh. you have to save the recording afterwards. You don't specify to save it before. Oh, gotcha. Okay, well, once cool. it ends, well, I, I just have to click the button to save it. So yeah, yeah, we're recording as well. It'll be on on RuneBase, but yeah, no, I was just gonna say like um, the ThorSwap Pathfinder API kind of is pretty similar to what you're describing. I do think there could be a, a separate project um, that like really focuses on that and just does like, you know, payments, making it really simple. But um, I do think that's part of the goal with the ThorSwap API is not just to get, you know, like complex DEXs or wallets to integrate it, but also just potentially like a project that wants to allow, you know, essentially a swap from anything into what the receiver needs, right? So right, I think that could be a cool thing be- and making it as simple as possible. Right, simple in the background, like you, like the the user, like the client, uh, shouldn't have to do anything, and the merchant shouldn't have to do anything. Everything just magically happens, powered by Thorchain. Mm. Yeah, I know the the goal is definitely, uh, at least just speaking on the ThorSwap API side, the goal is definitely to make it as like product in a box as possible. I'm sure that still requires some dev setup from the the integrator, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that'd be awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Arno. Uh, we got Fagoj. Hello, guys. Hey. So, I, first of all, I want to uh, give a special shout out to the LP University guys. They've been really been helping me uh, in learning about everything about Ocean for the past few days and weeks, if I may say. So, I just have a couple of questions. Number one, um, Shad mentioned something about a single-sided LP contributing to the success of the other books. Yes, since I didn't really catch that very well. I didn't really understand what he meant by that. So, then the second question is uh, with regards to the reserve, uh, the single-sided LP. I, I, I believe that, uh, you know, for it to work, we need to source uh, the rune side of the LP from the reserve. So I'm like, is there a particular cap for that? Because if you allow everybody to come and, you know, kind of deposit your single asset, we're definitely going to see a lot of assets, which is very good <laughs> for the ecosystem. Uh, but then uh, we'll not be able to match to the amount of tokens that we have in the reserve. So I'm looking at the, the aspect of the caps, the amount of rune that we can source from the reserve to support uh, the, the 50% side of the LP. 
on the single-sided uh, LP strategy that we're about to launch. And then secondly, how the single-sided LP contributes to the success of the other Yasins. Thank you very much. Yeah, so a couple of things. Um, the reserve itself has, I think, like 170 million rune in it or something close to this, um, which is, you know, I think like three or four or five X or however the number is to the actual um, bonded liquidity or, or TBL. Um, so there's more than enough rune in there to, to handle what it is that you're referring to. I'm not terribly concerned about that, especially over the long run. Because in the long run, uh, you know, Rune's prices, and this is my this is my my own two cents, but a Rune's price will outperform the gas assets of all these chains just because the market cap is much smaller than Bitcoin and Ethereum and these things. And so it's a lot easier for Rune to outperform it. So uh over the long term, I'm not really terribly concerned about that. Um, but uh just to tease something to the community a little bit, um, there's been some research lately, and there's an issue on on GitLab this, but it was open recently. Um, around the idea of um, using synthetic rune and also as a counterbalance to the synthetic asset. And so we've shied away from it in the past because of some, there's some difficulties with it. And that being more mathematically complex than it sounds like. Um, but, and there's still more research that needs to be done. So I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing anything or saying this is going to happen tomorrow or anything like this. But uh, anybody who wants to read the GitLab issue, it's on, it's on GitLab, it's publicly available. And so in this concept, if this were to happen, um, anybody can contribute their rune to this system and to become a synthetic rune effectively. And then you earn yield in the pool while only being exposed to the rune asset. And so now you're earning rune on your rune. And so if the if you if you get this this issue where you know you have all this Bitcoin there and you have all this you need a lot of rune to, to support that synthetic Bitcoin, uh, not only does the protocol reserve have more than enough rune to do so, but the, the community can come together and LPs can just become single-sided LPs on the rune side and earn, earn rune on their rune uh, as well as to handle that scenario. So that might happen. Again, it still requires more research and more verification and initial uh, initial math looks good, but it still needs more kind of uh, vetting. And so the, I'm actually hoping that the community will poke, poke it at the community pretty soon and let the community kind of poke at it and let us know if there's something that we've missed or uh, some problem with it that we haven't thought of already or, or we're not. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I think I was one of the people that was, was requesting for such a future because uh, we have people that are, go, that are eager to deposit their assets. They don't want exposure on room. And then we have people like us, or let me say me in this context, who really believes in the, uh, the long term of Rune. I really want to, you know, supply my Rune as a single asset and earn Rune as well, because I believe in the project. I believe in the sustainability of the ecosystem. I believe that at, at the end of the day, this is something that a lot of projects are going to, you know, end up using. It's something very important. It's the holy gray of crypto, like we normally say. So I believe in the project. I believe in, in, in Rune as a token. So I want to have a place where I don't need to, you know, get some kind of impermanent gain on my Rune because I'm pairing it to the stable point. I want to kind of, in a way, stick my Rune because that is what I see it as, you know, you supplying, depositing a single-sided Rune is like staking your Rune and, and, you know, getting Rune as reward. So if these people don't want any exposure on Rune, we do. Well, let me say I do. So they can bring their asset. I'm ready to bring my Rune. I, I just have to get uh, the bigger portion of the of the rewards. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's something the community has been dying for for a long time. And we just haven't figured out a way to, to do that in a way that economically makes sense. And I think we've now figured out a way to get synthetic Rune to actually work. Because the, the problem with synthetic Rune is that if... If you add some Bitcoin, synthetic Bitcoin to the pool, and then I add an equal amount of synthetic rune on the other side, 
it actually increases the the risk to LPs and their leverage room position. It doesn't decrease it, and that's the reason why we didn't we didn't do it in the past because it just it just it just increases the the, the risk of sense on the LPs not, rather than reducing the risk. As counterintuitive that might sound to, to people, but the math just can't play that that way. And so we had to do some kind of tricky things with the math to get it to actually go in the other direction to be a counterweight instead of the um, instead of a um, you know further exaggerated, but. I mean, if you think about it in the context of like, if you have a, a Venn diagram and you have these two circles, one's, you know, Bitcoin and one's Rune and the Bitcoin pool is people who aren't, aren't BDC on the BDC and the, and the Rune is the one when people aren't Rune the Rune. And in the middle, you have these people who want to earn both Rune and, and Rune together. And that kind of a it's relatively small little sliver between the two, those two Venn circles in that Venn diagram, allowing people to get to be either one circle, the other circle, or be the, you know, the union of those two circles. It was kind of like, in some ways, is a holy grail unto itself, just because it allows everybody to participate in this network in a way that makes sense for them, whatever that might be, without needing to like compromise on what they actually want to experience, which is like, I think that's pretty large. Yeah, yeah, that was great. I think I get that. So uh, on my other question, I was like asking you mentioned something about the single-sided LPs, you know, contributing to the success of the uh, other book the decentralized other book that you guys are trying to, you know, come up with. So I didn't really catch that. I don't understand how that's going to work. You you mentioned something about a single-sided LFP contributing to the scenes and then the other book, you know, the combination, the mashup, the entire thing, how it's going to work. I didn't really catch that. Please, can you just go back on that? Yeah, so like it's not so much LPs. Um, Technically speaking, what's technically what's actually happening is is, is that when you're providing an asset, right, on an order book and you're waiting for the, the order to be executed, the asset you're providing um, in one way or another is just contributing to the depth of the pool. But you're not really an LP in a traditional sense of it. You're just like, I'm providing capital to the pool. Um, I'm getting guarantees that my capital is going to stay the same the same value. So, you know, I'm, I put in 100 rune or I put in, you know, 100 F or whatever, and I'm going to maintain that value. I'm going to get 100F back. Um, but you're not getting the yield that that capital produces in the pool of that, of that you know, in that pool. So um, from your perspective, you're not really providing capital, although fundamentally that actually is happening underneath the covers, underneath the, underneath the hood. You're just like, oh, I'm putting in some BDC and then waiting for the price to change to where BDC is worth, you know, $15,000 per coin and then executing a trade to acquire some stables or uh, or buy some BDC or sell it or whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, whatever price range. Um, so yeah, it, it is a bit complicated in terms of like how it functions and works, but my intention and hope is that it's still very simple for the user to utilize because all they need to understand is I'm putting in some Bitcoin, there are some fees associated with this, which is fine, but I'm just saying I want, I'm putting one BDC and I want to get out you know, 200F or some number or number would be 110F or whatever it is. Like that's just all that it, that's going on from your perspective as a as a trader in, in the order book. But underneath the hood, there's a lot of math that's happening. Sweet. I hope that answers your question. Um, if anyone else wants to come up, hit the request button in the bottom left. Is it? All right. He's good. Uh, we have Jimmy up here. Hey, Jimmy. So we can go to push up. Hey, guys. What's up? Um, I just had a question on how do uh, affiliate fees work on um, interfaces that allow um, users to provide liquidity and how might it work when um, single-sided uh, LPs um, come in and maybe how 
do, how do affiliate fees work for uh, swaps? Yeah, so affiliate fees are just built into the uh, in, into the memo. So when you do a liquidity ad or a swap, uh, it just takes off a, a specified portion. So that, that's also included in the memo is how many is how much of a percentage of that swap or liquidity ad to give it to the affiliate. So adds in basis points. So, uh, you know, 100 is 1%. So that it specifies how much of the deposit to give and also uh, where to send it to. So you can use a Thor name for that or uh, just a regular Thor address. And whenever you make a swap on a front-end interface that has an affiliate fee, when it constructs the, the memo to send a, uh, uh, you know, your transaction, it includes that, you know, parameter with the affiliate address and the percentage that they're taking okay and, and um what are the typical fees like uh, for um liquidity providers so there's interfaces that are that are free there's uh, i chad do you know what uh, what thor swap charges it's free for lps uh the only affiliate fees charged on thor swap right now are for swaps and that's uh 0.3 percent yep but and, uh, but but yeah as, as you were saying yeah like a, an interface could choose to to charge for um, for ads of LP, I, I don't actually not sure if any of the current ones are doing that. Um, I've but definitely they definitely see that there is revenue from that, uh, but I'm not sure who is doing that exactly. I, if, it, I guess if it's not, I thought ThorSwap must have been if there was revenue from it. So I, it, I guess it, not. It might be Thor Wallet. I, I I hope I'm not incorrect saying that, but um, I feel like that sounds familiar. But it's it's definitely not ThorSwap. Um, Unless I'm very yeah. mistaken. <laughs> part, but, yeah. part of the, the point of like be having a affiliate fees on the LP ads was just so that you would incentivize like centralized exchanges and like your block buys and your Celsius types to provide liquidity and then earn a yield in that liquidity that they're adding for their for their customer base. I think that was probably the, the use case more so than like a wallet per se, although a wallet could do it too, like it's up to them to decide for themselves. Yeah, and there's also plenty of front ends that have uh, no trading fees, no um, affiliate fees enabled at all. Like like DeFi Spot and uh, Asgard X are both great front ends that you can use without uh, any kind of affiliate fees. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I was just thinking of like a simple interface for maybe like Bitcoin maxis to you know just interact in provide liquidity for their Bitcoin connector wallet and they don't need to be overwhelmed with everything else that's going on, uh, you know, in, um, in the Thor chain world, if all they care about is getting yield on uh, their Bitcoin. And of course, that, you know, that will probably work better when uh, they're single-sided uh, LPs. Yeah, it's definitely um, an opportunity for more projects to, to spring up. Like you can just kind of like package part of ThorChain into some super simple interface. Like it could just be deposit BTC and earn yield. You could charge like 0.1% or whatever you, you feel, but it could definitely be like its own interface and just make things super simple and straightforward for for like different target audiences. Yeah, I actually proposed this idea to, to Nine Realms to build. Like, like they're always looking for something they can build on top, just to kind of generate some revenue for the for that company, and so they can pay salaries and such. But like, just having simple, clean, easy to use UIs, where you can just like log in with your ledger or whatever, and then just add liquidity or with or like BDC only. Like, it's it's super clean and simple. It might attract a different type of user. Yeah, I feel like something like that would work, especially when we talk about, you know, single-sided LP, especially for Bitcoin, is maybe the holy grail of all of this. Um, and if they don't want to worry about, you know, how everything works with other chains and all they want to do is get yield 
for their Bitcoin. I think that would be perfect. But uh, thanks, everyone. Hi, guys. Hi, everyone. Kadesh here. Hi, uh, Chad. Um, for affiliate fees, I just wanted to um, state my observation. I think ThorSwap charges uh, 0.3%. Um, DeFi Sport is free. Um, Thor Wallet is about 0.3% as well, but based on tiers. So if you have a Thor, a Thor God or something like that, sorry, not a Thor God, but one of your NFTs, yeah, you have a reduced um, percentage of the fee that is charged as well. Um, I think there's another one called Fair's Wallet. Is it's also it's also free. Um, I think those are the major um, um, platforms that I I use from time to time. That was just my observation. I wanted to to make. Yeah, there's I believe Rango as well. I'm not sure what Rango does. I'm not sure yeah, what Rango does as well too. I think Rango has some other fee structure. I'm not sure they're charging a ThorChain affiliate fee uh, specifically, but there's some kind of other fee they're charging. I, I, maybe not if it's only a ThorChain path that you're that you're using. Um, I believe Thor Wallet it was a bit higher, but than that, but maybe not. And uh, just to clarify one thing on the Thor Swap side, uh, so far, if if you've had any V Thor at all, then you uh, you waive the fee entirely, and that's going to transition into like a tiered system as well. So there will be some kind of some kind of changes over time. Cool, uh, Jimmy, you there now? Oh yeah, you called on me before. My bad. Oh yeah, it, it's all good. What's up? I think that everyone should understand this. ThorChain is the future, right? ThorChain is the future. And if you don't believe that, don't understand the technology. Everyone respects ThorChain. Everyone, even Bitcoiners. You got to get on ThorChain bandwagon right now or else you're going to be forgotten. This is the Oregon Trail. And currently, ThorChain is the head bandwagon. You got to get there. But if you don't get there fast enough, you don't get on the wagon. The Indians are in attack, kill you. So get there fast, get to the end of the Oregon Trail. Thank you. We know. <laughs> yeah, th- thank you for that uh, very profound insight. <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, yeah, it's going to total value a lot. Hi, guys. Uh, so I had an observation that is kind of really important to me, and I wanted to mention it. And I have tried to contact and write it here and there. But I think like, you know, this is the best place to to mention it. After seeing the success of the UST and BUSD, in terms of volume, it's like really clear that we need uh, cheap uh, stable coins in terms of fees. And USDC on AVAX can be our chance. And I just wanted to know that do we have any plans to to support USDC on AVAX when we launch the AVAX chain? Uh, that's certainly possible. Um, there hasn't been any kind of like explicit conversation about that that I'm aware of, at least. But um, there is an intention, at least that I have, that I'm kind of advocating for and pushing for, is that we want to have a, a, a lot of different stables on the system. Um, stables can give uh, more power to the our arbitrage bots to arbitrage, as well as give more of a price feed to the network of how much the dollar value of Rune is, which is helpful in many different ways and forms, especially on the ThorFi side of things. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping that that will be the case, right? Um, imagine a scenario where, you know, ETH it needs to be paused for some reason. There's some sort of, like there was a geth problem a few months ago that we had to pause ETH for a little while. And by doing so, we kind of lose the price oracle of those stables on ETH. And so it's good to have you know multiple stables on multiple different chains like BNB, ETH, AVAX, 
you know, whatever else gets added downstream. So it just, it just makes the network more resilient and, and kind of healthier and more reliable. And so I'm all for it personally. Yeah, because like I come from the, os, uh, the osmosis part and, uh, you know, osmosis, like, you know, what happened with you and the UST, like, you know, it was great for the ecosystem. And when it went down, it was terrible for the ecosystem. But in any DEX, in any uh, central exchange, uh, you guys know it way better than me, that stable coins are the majority of the volume. Those pairs are super important. And right now, the way to get into Thor, Thor chain on a cheap stable coin is only BUSD. And that one is on BEP2. And basically, if you don't have Binance, you're kind of screwed. There are a couple of, like, you know, uh, no-name exchanges like Mexi and those guys who have, like, you know, BEP2 and BNB and, and those things. But it's um, for the average, uh, like, you know, person who, who cares about the fees and wants to enter the ecosystem and wants to get out or, like, you know, wants to do, like, you know, a lot of swaps and stuff or to park it in, in the stablecoins. Having the cheapest stable coins have, have uh, we have seen it like on any decks, like it's super important. And I'm so excited about the AVAX and what uh, you guys have been doing. And I just see this opportunity and I'm just like hoping every day that we get the USDC on AVAX also. So I brought up uh, Eridanis from Nine Realms. He's doing the integration oh, that's my for guy. AVAX. So yeah, that's my guy too. So hey, what's up, Eridanis? How's it going, guys? Um, yeah, to answer the question, so basically each chain integration has a whitelist of tokens. Um, and currently, I mean, the, the uh, AVAX integration is still going under final review. Um, there are no tokens whitelisted, but um, we have tested the integration with um, having ERC-20s on AVAX and everything is functional on that regard. Um, so yeah, we're, I'm, I'm super open to, and I think the community is super open to whitelisting some stable coins. I think it's just about what is, what is the stable coin that has the most demand from the community? Uh, which ones do we want? Um, we don't want to like go whitelist every uh, stable coin if, if they're not going to be used. So it's a quick follow-up PR to, to do that whitelisting. Um, so um, yeah, if there's a push to get USDC uh, whitelisted, we can do that. I know there's USDC.e, I know there's USDT, there's USDT.e. So there's a lot, a lot of them out there. We just got to think about which is the right one. Um, and yeah, we can absolutely get those whitelisted. That's, that's awesome. Uh, so by, um, by, by seeing the number of exchanges and like how many of them have a stable coin out and in, in terms of the withdrawal and uh, deposit, I think USDC on um, AVAX C chain is ha, has the one of the highest uh, like you know uh, rate of the presence. Like it's it's on crypto.com, it's on Binance, it's on Binance US, it's on uh, Coinbase, it's on like uh, it, like everything that I can think of, like cool, um, the KuCoin and everything. USDC.e is a little bit less here and there, but uh, USDC on AVAX like that's a great way to take uh, like you know many of these. Dex guys, like, you know, to kind of bring their uh, stables. And these guys are uh, small guys. Like, they have, like, you know, 500 and they want to do LP or swaps. And for them, this fee, like, you know, matters, especially in the long run. So I, I think this 
uh, is the biggest contribution that I can do because I had this observation of a stablecoin and how important it is in any DEX or centralized exchange. Uh, sorry if I like talked about it too much. I just wa- wanted to to be heard. <laughs> no, absolutely, it's a, it's a great call out. Um, yeah, and Thorchain needs stablecoins to, um, you know, do the the sensing logic of of prices of Rune and USDC. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll take a look at USDC versus the other stable coins. And I mean, again, it's a, it's a quick PR, so I'll, I'll look into it. Thanks for the call out. Awesome. Thank you. Cool. Thanks for coming up, Aridonis. Uh Don't wrap your Bitcoin. Hey. Hi, guys. Um, my question was regarding, will there be single side staking for Rune? And when is single side staking for BTC going to come going through? And my final question, ah, it's not a question, it's a comment to Chad. Thanks for the for the for the, for, 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 for for thanks for, for commenting on regarding the Tor USD. Um that that was a killer and thank you for everything that you've done. Oh you're welcome man. Um, yeah, so the, the initial design of single side to yield uh, was only for the asset side, not for room. Uh, in its current implementation, that's that's still true today. But there was a, a, new, a new design that was just kind of considered this week, um, which is brand spanking new. And so it so that still requires more research and verification before we kind of put our weight behind it in a sense. But like that, that new design um, makes it possible for people to earn room in the room uh, without having minimum on caps, like minimum amount of rune or needing to run infrastructure. It comes like a very simple way for people to be able to just throw, throw rune on the network up and just like, it's, it's kind of like a delegate proof of stake, but not delegate proof of stake at all. It's just like the conceptual idea of just like, oh, I have some rune, just lock it up and then I get more rune in the room. And but you're doing it in a way that you're actually contributing value to the network and contributing purpose that somebody else is willing to pay you for. So it's actually economically makes sense. Um, so that might happen. I'm not promising at this point yet. It still requires more research, but uh, I hope that it does because it would be really great for the community. Thank you. Well, cool. We have uh, one last speaker up here. If anyone else, this is, uh, I guess, the last call for anyone that wants to come up. Um, we have Chilan Guido. What's up? Hey, guys. How are you? Uh, one of them, a question. If uh, I can buy some uh, torrent tokens with uh, my credit card or, or fiat, uh, fiat coins. Thank you. Uh, Rune's definitely available on a bunch of centralized exchanges, and you could probably buy with a credit card right there. I, uh, if you're in the EU, I think you can directly on Thor Wallet if you want native Rune, or if you're just trying to buy on a centralized exchange, it's supported by you know Binance and uh, Kraken, uh, Crypto.com, a bunch of other ones too. But I mean, I wanna I wanna do more specific about my question. I, I would like try it on decentralized exchange. Uh, this is possible or not yet? Check out Thor Wallet. I, I they they just announced uh, their no KYC up to a hundred thousand dollars per year. Um, you know, on off ramp service. So I, I'm not sure if that's available yet, but definitely check out Thor Wallet and and see if they're. Uh, see if you can make use of them. All right. Thank you so much. And by the way, I think that only works for in Switzerland. Like, I think you need, it only works with, it doesn't work with US dollars. I think it only works with, uh, was it Franks? Swiss Franks or whatever the, the fiat currency is there. Yeah, I believe I'm not yeah, something like that. So you need a bank that like supports that kind of asset. So it, it works for some people, but not for everybody, I think. 
Yeah, I don't think there's any other DEXs that support, uh, you know, a fiat buy, though. Yeah, all right. Uh, right. Prime Directive? Hey. Hey, um, I'm okay if you want to answer this offline. Uh, slightly off topic, but um, at Thorstarter yesterday, we did a, a great AMA with Maya. And uh, I guess due to the change, the uh, Twitter spaces change with the recording, we thought we lost it. But I heard, I think it was, you said earlier that uh, after the recording, you can select a feature to publish it or something like that. Um, could you give me just a little guidance on that? And once again, if you don't want to, do, just, just do that offline, it's fine. Yeah, when you end the space, it'll ask whether you want to save the recording or not. Before, you had to specify before you started the space. Now, after you end it, you can say whether it's saved or not. Um, okay. You, you can you can DM me privately, and I can try and help you pull the recording. Okay, awesome. That, that would be great. I, I'm figuring since it's the day after, if you have, well, I'll just talk to you offline. Thank you a lot for that. Sure. All right, that's everybody. Any last uh, words of wisdom from the squad up here? What, I haven't given you enough already? <laughs> I'm just, just trying to get whatever I can get, man. I think I've got my fix of, of uh, things to be excited about. <laughs> yeah, it's never-ending. It's an alpha. Yeah, yeah a- Adam, well, I guess uh, for anyone that hasn't been here from the beginning, uh, Adam is live. You can trade native Adam right now on ThorChain. You can provide liquidity and... Uh, It'll take a while for the yield to kind of stabilize because right now it's you know just a lot of liquidity ads and there's a couple swaps so like a lot of it's just noise like who knows where the uh, APY ends up but uh, you know it, it'll it'll take a you know a week or two to get a better idea of what the actual yield of that pool is so if you're looking at it on a door swap or something like that then just just know that that's a uh, you know it, 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 these are all calculated with real data and the, the pool has been live for like 36 hours so the actual yields of the pool are uh you know inaccurate for the first period of time that the pool is live so just keep that in mind if you're looking to add liquidity uh for adam but yeah yeah i after saw like some of the one of the lps i was just looking at the, the math of the in the very beginning um and like some of the LPs were making like 10% yield already just because the pool was so shallow that the fees were so high. This is before that 1.5 million thing came in. I was looking at a couple of the LPs and they were like, they were like making it like, even though the pool was only like 20K deep, it was like very, very, very shallow. But because it was so shallow, the fees were so high and so they were making good money on it, like as an APY, right? Which was pretty cool to see. But you're right, like every time we had a new chain um, or even a new asset, like, it's going to take, you know, a couple of weeks for things to kind of like iron out in terms of what thing, where things are going to sit. And so be a little patient. Yeah, it's not like an incentivized farming pool where it's just like forced to be 100% APY like immediately and then scale down. So th- this is real stuff. So it'll take some time to kind of stabilize with, with liquidity coming in and swap volume picking up. I think we saw it, it took like when Terra was added, it, you know, if you look at the chart of how long it took for... Terra to, to reach its you know peak liquidity on, on Thorchain, which it hit ended up hitting like fifty million. It took probably like you know three three to four weeks for that to actually happen. So it, it's all just a you know a function of, of time. And as, uh, as as time goes on, more swaps happen. Uh, the pool gets a better idea of like what the actual yield is for LP. So just keep that in mind if you're thinking about adding liquidity and you're like, well, what's up with the yield right now? Because it was just added like you know yesterday. So yeah, I think that's it. So thanks everyone for coming out. We're here on Fridays at uh, 12 p.m. Eastern time. So yeah, see you next week. Later, guys. See ya.